Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people who are talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. Hey, Overcoming Monday listeners. Today, I'm honored to have a friend on this podcast named Nikki Koziart. She is a two-time best-selling author and speaker with Proverbs 31 Ministries. She is a wife to Chris and mom to three girls, Taylor, Hope, and Kennedy. Nikki's family runs a small farm just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and they affectionately call it the Fixer Upper Farm. Nikki speaks nationally at conferences, retreats, and meetings. She's also been featured on Alive Today. An evangelist at heart, Nikki inspires others to become the best version of who God created them to be. So that's kind of your formal introduction, Nikki, but um, <clears throat> I wanted you to be on the show uh, because we've been friends for a little while, but kind of in and out friends, I would say. Sometimes that happens when you're a speaker, wouldn't you say? I know, I know. I wish we lived closer because I know we would be regular coffee date friends. I know we would. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and I know that um, you're so... I love this new book that you just wrote called Why Her? Um, Six Truths We Need to Hear When Measuring Up... Um, when measuring up leaves us falling behind. Sorry. <clears throat> I'm a little bit sick, listeners, just in case you can't tell. And so I'm doing my best not to cough on this podcast. You're doing great. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, thankfully, Nikki's not actually in the studio with me here today because I wouldn't have actually come in for her sake. But we're doing this over Skype. But I love this book, Nikki, because you talk a lot about competition and how hard it is for us to compare ourselves to one another, um, how natural it is but how we can kind of bring ourselves out of this um, competitive notion to where we end up feeling like we are brought down inside and it damages our souls. Um, So would you just in a few, a little bit, describe your heart for the book and why you wrote it and kind of give us a synopsis of what it's about? Absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much for inviting me to join you. Um, I love your podcast. So I'm super honored um, to be here with you and your listeners. Um, I don't take this opportunity lightly. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the reasons why I really have struggled with trying to help people understand um, the why behind the book, Why Her, um, is because it is a very vulnerable struggle for me personally. Um, I do a lot of writing and speaking and teaching, and um, I always come from a place of, hey, this is really an honest struggle, but most of the time um, I've kind of worked through that God struggle, which is really just a nice way of saying sin struggle, um, in a posture and a form where I feel like I can offer a reader um, some answers to our struggle. So here's the thing, sorry, this why her question, we all at some point or another, especially as women, I know you have some men who probably listen to, um, and so I think they could 
insert why him, um, at some point or another, we all ask this quiet question. And the thing is, this question is not one that we would ever dare ask out loud because it makes us seem very vulnerable. Um, we kind of feel like we shouldn't ask it or, um, it's not appropriate to ask it. Like, um, especially in the Christian community, right? Like mm-hmm. we're just supposed to all just be happy for each other all the time, right? And, you know, not wrestle with our own desires. Um, but I realized that after taking some time to listen to other women and process this for myself, that this really is um, a question that we're asking over and over. So I wish I could tell you that there is an answer to the why her question. Um, the world would love to give you an answer. The world would say it's because she's more beautiful than you or she's better mm-hmm. than you or she works harder than you. Um, but the reality is in God's kingdom and the way that he views us, there is no answer to this question, okay? Because there's this thing that um, I like to refer to it as kind of a spiritual poverty mindset where we believe that if somehow Um, somebody else wins, it makes us lose in the Mm -hmm. kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. But that's not how God looks at us. Um, He's not sitting up in heaven going, hmm, I only have just a few things that I can have people do today. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's plenty to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many God assignments that he's just waiting for people to step up and complete in this generation. And so um, these these things that I offer you in this book are not answers. They are actually truths and they Mm. are all based on the word of God because comparison really is a battle to see ultimately whose truth we're going to align our lives with Mm. ours or God's. And we saw that at the very beginning of time when Eve was standing in the garden next to that beautiful tree. And, um, you know, God gave her some very specific instructions. Do not eat this fruit. And that sneaky little serpent slid in and he asked her one question. Did God really say, don't eat that fruit? Mm -hmm. And that's really the first form of comparison we see in the Bible when God's word versus what the enemy is telling us became compromised. And so that's what these truths in this book do. They just, they offer you something to give your soul when you're wrestling with that why her question so that you can say it is well with my soul. Right. That's so good. And I know a lot of times just as people overall, we want just a specific answer of something that we can do. I think of the rich young ruler or um, whatever you want to call the man who came to Jesus. He was successful. He was religious. And he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so basically Jesus told him a list of things. And he said, well, I've done all that. Is there anything else? And Jesus like, sell everything and then come and follow me. And It wasn't, I don't think about him selling everything, obviously. It wasn't the fact that the man owned things. It was the fact that things had him, things owned him. And Jesus was like, look, if you're going to follow me, it can't be about you. It has to be about you following me, not about you following you, (laughs) you know? So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast with Carolyn Leaf. Have you heard of her before? I haven't. Oh, wait, the the brain doctor. Yes, Dr. Carolyn yes. Leaf. She yes. she's yes. written a lot of different books, um, which I love. The Switch on Your Brain, um, Eat and Think Smart. I think um, is another. I think that's the title of it. But one thing that she said in one of her podcasts, um, she said, "You know, a lot of us think of stress as bad," and she said, "Stress." We've given it a bad connotation. It when we hear the word stress, we think of it as something that's 
bad. And she said, it's just, we feel stress. We're trying to avoid stress. We're trying to cover over stress. But she said, God actually created us to feel stress so that we know that something's wrong and we will do something about it rather than covering over and running away from it. We need to say, why am I stressed? What is it that's causing my stress? And then kind of ask the Lord how we can overcome that stress in that moment or if there's a lifestyle change that we need to make or whatever. And I think about that a little bit in the idea of um, comparison and competition and stuff like that. It's because I think that when we look at someone else, we're doing, we're measuring. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that measuring has to be bad unless it's done for the wrong reasons. So if I'm looking at my life and I see that someone else is obviously accomplishing goals or something like that, and I don't seem to be accomplishing my goals, there might be a reason for that. I might not have good time management or I might not have be balancing my schedule well, or I might not have even been putting anything on his calendar. And so I feel like I'm, I'm not measuring well. And so I'm probably not accomplishing my goals because I haven't thought enough about it or I haven't planned enough. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that comparison doesn't necessarily have to be an quote evil thing. But what happens is when that comparison ends up being about who we are and what's going on in our soul and we are like internalizing the negativity of not being who someone else is. That's mm-hmm. when it, I think, um, gets unhealthy. And I love in your book, you say, if not kept in check, the jealousy of comparison can become a wheel of destruction that never stops spinning. Um, and I, I've thought about that a lot is, um, actually took the Enneagram test not too long ago and I've been reading a lot about it in the past year. What's your number? Oh, I'm a one. So you are. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So what they say about, or what's one person, they, whoever they are, there's so much that's said about these numbers, but Mm -hmm. it said that basically if you have a one married to a three, which is me and Clayton. Mm-hmm. The negative thing between a one and a three sometimes is that they are driven people who could have the conflict of compare, comparing, like mm. in competition. Mm-hmm. And so, and I have seen that in our marriage just because we're both, like when I met Clayton, he, he would say lofty things like, no one in the world works as hard as I do. And I'm like, what? People do. What about the stock market? They stay up all night, you know? Um, and so it's funny how that it's it's it is part of my personality but the good part about it is it makes me successful right um the bad part about it is that i can sometimes have a hard time stopped stopping to work or just spending time with people or you know it can it can become a wheel of destruction right because i'm comparing myself with other people feeling like I always have to like feed my drive rather than enjoying life. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, my husband is also a one and I'm a six. So we're, I don't, I've never read any articles about whether or not we're compatible. I would say we're not. Um, But I see a lot of that inside of him too. And see, this is, I actually had my husband on um, one of my podcasts and I used him as an example and I want to use you too because one of the truths in the book is to let the success of others encourage, not discourage you. 
So, Shari, because you're such a hard worker and you probably have some really good methods behind the hard working, like you've lived enough life now to kind of figure some stuff out. There are things that other people can learn from the success that you've seen through your own ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I used my husband as an example because he... um, that competition thing is huge with him. Like he's a marathon runner. And so he doesn't Mm -hmm. just compare his times to like, Mm -hmm. you know, who's running with him that weekend. He's like looking at Olympic times. And I'm like, Chris, you're not an Olympian. Like you work a normal job. They just do this all the time. Yep. Yes. But see, that's how he runs. Like he lives in a posture of if it was possible for somebody else to do this, like now he, I mean, obviously he has the realistic perspective that, you know, he's not going to do that because you're right. It's not his full-time job. But I do think that is one of the things that we can move into a positive form of comparison. There's always something to learn from somebody else. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I'm a little bit like that too, which has been good in my life in some ways. So I don't look at something, my my mom and dad used to do house projects all the time. And I know you live in a fixer upper home. Yes. And, I, and you tell a lot of <laughs> stories about living in that fixer upper home. One good thing about me is uh, when I when I met Clayton, I didn't really like the house we moved into, but my thought was, well, I can change this, you know, like whatever. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we were dating when he said he wanted to buy it. I didn't like it at all, but I didn't really say anything at the time because we were just dating. We weren't even committed. So what I'm going to say, like, don't buy this house. I'm your girlfriend, you know? <laughs> um So I just thought to myself, well, I can take all this nasty wallpaper down and I can rip up all this carpet and I can lay wood floors. And it's just because... When I look at something, I'm usually more of a problem solver rather than, oh, my gosh, I don't have the money to pay someone, you know. Um, So that's it. That's a good part of my personality. But the other the bad part of it is like at night when I'm just sitting there trying to enjoy an evening, I have a hard time not multitasking, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I get that 100 (laughs) percent. But that's where comparison can come in good, too, because I can look at my husband reading a book or relaxing Mm -hmm. by our pool. Mm -hmm. And if I'm jealous of him, I have to ask myself, why am I jealous? Mm -hmm. I'm jealous because I'm not letting myself rest. Mm -hmm. So what's wrong? You know, so there is something not wrong with me necessarily, but I need to adjust the way that I'm thinking in order to get the desire, the reward, the thing that I'm jealous about. I can, that's a good kind of jealousy. I need to be jealous of the fact that he's resting, but not, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I are get some? Um, wh- what do you think that are some um, ways we can start becoming more honest about comparison with ourselves and even with others? Because I know when you said admitting comparison, it's almost sin is so hard to admit overall. But saying that I'm comparing myself to someone else, it's very humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, yeah. <laughs> and it's see. This is sorry. I think in our culture today. Um, we're probably living in what I would consider the most authentic generation we've ever lived in before. Like, I think more people, you know, are speaking out about their struggles and things like that. And we've created a safe space to do that to a certain extent. Like, I know that you have followed somebody on social media who has done this. Okay. Like they'll post this picture and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, you guys, my house is such a mess today. Mm-hmm. And like they have like three cups in their sink. <laughs> and we're looking at our house that has like 10 loads of laundry that need to get done. The dog just threw up on the floor. The sink is overflowing. Yeah. And we're thinking, That's your messy. And so, like, 
to a certain extent, we're honest, right? Mm -hmm. But do we really, like, am I going to post a picture of my 10 loads of laundry in a non-self-deprecating way? Probably not, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And so I think we've got to be careful to not confuse our authentic vibe in this generation with God honesty, because there's a big difference. And so really, um, what I talk about in the book is this need to be able to come before God and say, this is what's happening inside of me. I need you to help me work through this. And sorry, just yesterday I was having a conversation, um, with somebody and I was like, I feel like everything that I'm feeling, I'm not supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, well, if you feel it, then it's real to you. And that was such like an eye opening conversation for me, because the thing is, is that if you feel jealous, whether or not it's right to feel jealous or not, it's there. Okay. If you feel comparison, whether or not you should be feeling it or not, it's there. Mm -hmm. And so taking the time to be able to say, God, this is what I'm experiencing, not coming to necessarily your best friend or your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, and saying these things, because that's not God honesty. That's just us being authentic with each other but being willing to come before God and say, look, this is really a struggle and it's ruining me. Um, That is something I don't know that we're always willing to do in our culture today because um, we've kind of moved away and it's, it's a good thing that we've moved away from, you know, talking so much about like the sin and condemnation and, you know, like kind of the non-grace filled message. I, I think it's fabulous that we've moved you know, a little bit more to the grace side of things. But I think also now we're in kind of this unhealthy place again as a generation, because it's like this extreme, right? We're either like everyone is doom and gloom or everyone's great. And so there's no like balance. Everything goes like, right. It's either legalism or like, you know, everyone can do everything and God still loves them and I'm not perfect. So leave me alone, you know? Right. Um, Right. I love the quote. Sorry, I'm. No, 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 no. That's good. That that's exactly what I was thinking. Legalism. I couldn't think of that word. Um, but see, that's where it starts to really become an issue inside of us is when we're not willing to be honest about it with God and with others because sin is just this. It has this way of creating um, this destructive cycle. Um, it doesn't just affect us, but it starts to affect other people. So, for example, if you're not willing to tell God, you know hey, I'm really bummed out that, you know, she got that opportunity and I didn't and I prayed and I believe this for you. If we don't, if we don't take that to God and let him wrestle with us through that, then what's going to happen is we're going to come to somebody else and we're going to say, I cannot believe that this happened and see, then it turns into gossip, which turns into, you know, a seed forming in that person's heart about that other person. And so it just becomes this destructive cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. I, and then in your book, you say this, honesty is what gives us the chance to become hopeful that we can overcome the struggle, becoming yeah. transparent about what causes us to compare ourselves to others at all. Honesty mm-hmm. teaches us to stop fearing what we don't have so that we can see what we do. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that so much when we're in comparison or really in the any sin struggle, we start focusing on all the things that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Um I know that with my um, my husband, sometimes it's hard for me to, um, well, this is part of a one, two on the Enneagram scale, but it's hard to say your bad feelings out loud. <laughs> right. And and so 
Um, I think for a lot of our marriage or just a lot of my life overall, I've kept those bad feelings, like all the, like what you're saying, the feelings that I feel about myself, the things that I'm thinking that I feel like are not godly. I don't want people to hear them, you know? And so the other day we were in the kitchen and I was talking to him and I said, look, I'm not blaming you. Um, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't against you. I just need to say some things I'm feeling. And I said, I don't think that you're making me feel them. I don't think that. It's just the way that I'm feeling, and I just need to say them out loud. And so we kind of went through this time where I just started expressing myself, and it was so good, and I'm getting so much better at doing that and not apologizing or blaming myself for it. Or um, the, I think I used to always just say, this This probably sounds stupid, or um, this is really bad, but, you know, and so I had to preface the feelings that I was having by saying that they were not good first and then Mm -hmm. saying them. Um, But this time we were standing there and I felt like I could just say, this is how I'm feeling and Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to attack you. I just need to say these things. And so it was so good because I didn't apologize for him. I think it was one of the first times that I've done that. And so I think that practicing that being honest, being honest that, I'm comparing myself to this other girl or to the success of someone else or even body image. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. huge um, in our world because... um, We'll be back in just a moment. But first, let's check in with Elizabeth Harper, our in-house beauty expert for some top trends and your weekly dose of practical advice. Hey, everybody. This is Elizabeth with Tips and Tricks for Season 5. And I wanted to tell you a funny story. So the other night, um, as some of you know or may remember, um, we moved to Kentucky about two years ago. And, um, you know, as a mom, finding friends is a little bit harder. I don't know if any of y'all can relate. I thought kids would connect me with other mothers and we would just like go and hang out and have all this fun. That is not really how it works. Um it's a little bit harder. You've got to make time. Uh, you really have to make an effort. Like it's not just like when you were in college and you're like, yeah, girl, I'm coming over. No, no, no. You've got to get a sitter. You're like, um, okay, so what's your kid's bedtime? Should we like just go somewhere and get dinner? I've got to be back by nine. Nine? Really? Like when did that happen? Um, all that to say, um, I haven't really found my girl trap yet. I'm looking, I've joined like every club, every Bible study. If you're out there, friend, I'm coming for you. But until then, and even after then, I mean, come on, guys, you have that core group of girlfriends that you've had for however many years. And you know what? Sometimes it's not that you've been friends for so many years. It's just like you meet and you're like, oh my gosh, you are my sister from another mister. We've been friends for forever, even though we've never known each other. Um, but I have some friends who are, I mean, just my tried and trees. We met when we were 18. Um, we try to get together, try to get together every year. It really takes place about every year and a half, two years. Um, but we decided to have a girls night the other night. We got on our Amazon Alexa (laughs) messaging systems, our video chats, um, put on some sheet masks and chatted it up. We did a little phone combo and y'all, I had a long distance girls night. 
It was amazing. It was just what I needed. And it took planning. It was not spontaneous. Um, we had to go to the store. We had to buy everything. Even though we live in separate states, we had to make sure we were all at home at the same time, that we were all calling. You know, you have to like follow this procedure on your Alexa so you can all chat. Um, it was work, y'all. But guess what? The best relationships are. And it was absolutely wonderful. Like I said, just what the doctor ordered. And it hit me, you know, like we're not in the same place that we used to be in life or we could just run over to each other's house and where we could just say, Hey, I'm going to spend the night or I'm going to do this. We have different responsibilities. Now there are different things going on in our lives that require a lot more of us, but y'all, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. So my tip for y'all this week, my encouragement for you is have a girl's night. Go have a girl's night. If your girls, if your tribe lives in the same city as you, you are blessed. If they live hours and hours away from you, you're still blessed. It's just going to take a little bit more work. Grab your laptop. Make sure everybody has downloaded Skype and have a long distance girls night. If your girls are in the same town as you, I mean, the world is your oyster. Go to dinner, do whatever. Put forth the effort make the plan, take the time. Y'all, there's so many fun things to do out there now. Okay. So I don't know if y'all heard of this thing called blueprint.com, but basically you can learn how to do anything. How fun would a girl's night be if everybody got on blueprint and found, you know, I don't know, a cake decorating course. And y'all all did a cake decorating course together. That is me talking because I really want to learn how to decorate cakes. So if anybody's up for it, let me know. We can Skype, have a girl's night. Um, but you know, it, I know it takes work. I know it takes effort, but guys, my encouragement, my challenge to y'all this week is do it, make a girl's night, make that plan, speak into each other's lives just by being yourself, your friends, you've been friends forever. There's something about those relationships that are just, they're God breathed. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing like a girlfriend. So Guys, I love y'all. Have a great week and go have a girl's night. So in our culture, we have a lot of problems with, you know, eating disorders or body image. And we just did a podcast on that with Michelle Myers. And she talks about how I think we've been presented this picture of what we're supposed to look like. Um, but she talks about how healthy is is looks different on different people. And I don't know that we believe that really as females because we've seen who we want to be or who we're supposed to be in the entertainment and media, you know? Right. Right. I I agree a hundred percent. And I'm a little more on the fluffy side than you are. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, for sure can a hundred percent identify with that struggle because somehow the world has defined what is beautiful. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I think, again, I do think there's a lot of movement of, you know, plus size models and things like that happening, but it really is, it's an internal struggle. And, you know, um, I've, I had an eating disorder in high school. And so I've constantly struggled with my weight, basically my entire life, just up Mm -hmm. and down, up and down. And I'm not, I don't love like the weight that I'm at right now, but 
a couple weekends ago, I was at a conference speaking in California and you know what I told the room, Shari, I mm-hmm. felt a little bit like prideful for a second. I was like, you know what? For the first time in my life, I really like myself just the way that I am. <laughs> I was like, is that okay? Yeah, I can say that and see so much of our Christian culture, right? They say that that's prideful and things like that. But you know, I know that I'm in process. There's so many things about my life that I don't, you know, like or necessarily want right now, but I'm loving the process that God has me on. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm in the size jeans that I want to be in, or my husband's treating me exactly how I want him to treat me, or our finances are where, you know, I had hoped they would be by this point. It doesn't mean that. It just means that I've learned to accept who Nikki Koziars really is. And you know what? I'll just go ahead and say this. Sorry. I will tell you that that freedom came when I really stepped out from some of the shadows that I was finding myself in, in my life. Mm. And while I think again, staying in a, a posture of wanting to learn from other people and grow from other people is fabulous. My caution to that would be only stay there for just a minute, just a minute, and then get back into your own lane and run your race and do what God is calling you to do because he did not create all of us. Like he, I mean, you know, you and I have a very similar calling, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we're so different. And the thing is, is that somehow we've decided that different is bad or Mm -hmm. that different isn't right or something like that. And it's the complete opposite. Like, God created us all to be this unique part of his body mm-hmm. um, here on earth because we all had this unique calling in this unique role. So while the ultimate goal obviously is the same for anyone who's in ministry and things like that, um, I just have found so much freedom the past couple of months as, as I've just said, that's just not me. That yeah. is just not me. That's not my voice. That's not my style. That's not my vibe. That's not me. And so I would just encourage anyone else who's listening today, um, who's finding themselves in that in someone else's shadow all the time, that there comes a point where you got to step out and get in your own lane and start running as fast as you can. Right. I just, um, I agree with you. I think that so weird because I think on the outside people see me as a very strong woman you know but I think sometimes when I'm with my husband I don't feel as he's very like outspoken he's very even more than me you know um and so I think that sometimes the things that he says or opinions that he has I have just absorbed or just let dictate some of the things that I think so for Mm. example um when we first got married, he loved wrestling. Now, I didn't love pro wrestling, but I went to pro wrestling just to be with him and like to do those kinds of things. But a little bit, I lost myself because I wanted to do some of the things that he loved rather than be just so that we could be together because he was like total man's man. And I knew he wouldn't be like, let's go to an art gallery. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, or I want to see a play with you. That just wasn't who he was. And so I just kind of thought, he won't want to do that with me. I'll just do that with other people. Um, mm-hmm. But recently, it's been really sweet because he knows that I love those things. And so he came home the other day and had bought tickets for us to two 
Broadway plays in Greenville. And so that's something oh, that he does. Awesome. I know it's something that he does for me now, but I think it just took a lot of courage for me to say, I'd really like for you to do this with me. Cause I just thought he had such a strong opinion of, I'm never going to end up doing that. I'm like Southern country boy. That's not really what right. I do, you know? Right, and right. so I think that <laughs> having our own opinion and knowing who we are, um, and you even say this in your book, you say, um, comparison can sneak into my heart no matter how strong my level of gratefulness and awareness. But by taking the time to recognize and thank God for the blessings he puts into my current situation, I'm much more able to stay honest and content with who I am and who I'm not. Mm -hmm. Staring too long at the success of someone else can make us miss our own satisfaction with life. And Mm -hmm. I think that has to do with like success. But I even think of that, that with my husband because I was thinking he would never want to do the things that I liked, that I would just end up doing those with other people. And I just was going to do the things that he liked. Does that make any sense? And so absolutely. Yep. And so I think I gravitated toward things that I knew he would like to do with me rather than saying, you know what, I really like to do this. And I want you to do it with me. That was a big thing for me to speak up on because I just thought Southern country boy is not ever going to go to an art gallery with me, you know? Right. Right. Now he doesn't love it. It's not like he's knocking down my door to go, but he will do it with me because he knows I love it. And now he watches me go and he loves that. I enjoy it. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I love that you say that in your book about finding your own independence and your own awareness Um, And then you also talk about gratefulness and how gratefulness is one key to overcoming um, comparison. Do you want to talk about that for a few minutes? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, you had mentioned um, Dr. Caroline Leaf and um, she, I just listened, we must be listening to the same things about her because I was listening to something she was talking about with our thoughts and what gratitude really does do to us. And um. One of the, the, the ways that I saw this um, lived out in my own life was when I stopped looking at the success of other people um, in a posture of like, wow, how'd that happen? Or like, good for her, you know, kind of like those kind of little slide yeah. comments we make in our heads. Um, I shifted it to a place of praising God for what um, they were doing, what he was doing in their life. And um, in the book, I actually have this thing called the Bless Her Prayer. And this prayer has changed some things for some women. I hear from somebody probably once a day that says, I'm praying this prayer for this person. And it has just changed everything inside of me. Um, Because what happens is when we stop looking at somebody else's blessings, that somehow they become a burden to us. um, And we see their blessings as what they are, God's blessings. And so we praise God for what He's doing in their life. It naturally overflows into our own life. Now, it's Mm -hmm. not a fake place. Like, we've got to make sure, again, going back to that honesty thing that, you know, we're not just being fake about it. Um, But it's an authentic place where you're cheering somebody on spiritually. Like, I don't know that we ever think about that. Um, Mm. we're great at like, Oh, you know, sending a text, like you're so amazing or that was great or love that. But how many times do you go before God and you pray, God bless her, like take Mm. what she's doing and multiply it. And, um, I've started praying that over the leaders that I serve under, um, my own family, my own girls, like I know with a lot of mom daughter relationships, you know, sometimes it becomes like this competitive thing as they get older. Um, 
And I know with my, my own mom, I felt like it was, you know, constantly like, um, a comparison thing between the two of us. And I don't want that for my girls. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be able to authentically, I want my girls to succeed way more than, you know, anything that I have ever done. And I want that for other people. I really do. Now it doesn't mean that I'm just sitting back going, okay, well, I'm just going to just let God do whatever he wants to do in my life. And like, I'm running hard. Like, hear me say that I'm Mm -hmm. working hard. I'm doing everything that I can do to meet my own goals. But it's this place where I've allowed things to shift from like pouting about it to literally praising God for what he's doing in the lives of others. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I know that throughout the book, you talk about Leah and Rachel and the struggle with them and their kids and like, you know, um, their concubines having kids and this competition among those two women to win the affection of their husband, but also to have importance in their world right? with like their children and that success. And it is hard for us to imagine that as women here today, but the society and that world was so much different. It wouldn't be any different than you. Um, I I know that when I was growing up, there was just this, um, my mom was a working mom. She didn't have a choice to not be. And so um, I think for her, she had to almost like wear a chip on her shoulder a little bit because she she knew that she didn't have a choice, you know. And so some of the moms that didn't work, I think she would have probably loved to have had more free time on her hands. But I think I got a negative opinion of a woman who wasn't working and making progress and winning Mm -hmm. awards and all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. I, I viewed them as less when I was little mm-hmm. just because I think my mom had to do what she had to do and, and I respect her for it. But I think that she was in a place where she didn't have a choice and I could see that hurt, you know? And so it's hard sometimes when we're in a place in life where we're working really hard and someone else's life just seems so easy. Right. Um, it seems like just blessings are being dropped in their lap and you're like, and that's what you're talking about that. Right. Why her? Well, good for you. And mm-hmm. it takes so much self-discipline and so much self-control in our souls to be grateful for someone else and to actually pray for their success when we mm-hmm. are jealous and when we are comparing. It's not, it, I don't think that prayer just magically comes down and changes our hearts like mm-hmm. one prayer. I think that it takes that choice over and over again to, right. to live in a way where you really are celebrating and learning how to celebrate when you're hurting. Because right. I I think when we celebrate someone else, when we're hurting inside, it changes the chemistry within our souls. So that's what you were talking about as far as Carolyn Leaf is concerned. She actually has, there's a science behind it where mm-hmm. when we make, when we have a good thought or we make a good choice, our cells actually produce um, ribosomes or proteins within each cell that give our body life. But when we do things that are negative or um like speak negative things, they actually reproduce um, sick, sick ribosomes, like ones that cause destruction. It's really crazy. And then they Mm -hmm. multiply all throughout the body and they affect your health. I didn't even know it was a science, but she talks about that, how it's an actual science that when we speak good things, life comes to us. And so I think I love this idea that you're talking about of speaking life when we're feeling down or when we 
maybe don't feel grateful, causing ourselves to go into a pattern at which we're doing a good thing with our bad thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, sorry, I don't want to paint this picture that like, I don't ever <laughs> struggle with jealousy anymore because I think sometimes we want to look at our God struggles and say, Conquered, okay, well, what, <laughs> right, they're not. Like, what do I need to do to not have to deal with this ever again in my life? And I think that's one of the things about comparison that I'm not sure we're always willing to admit, like, this is going to be a struggle for the rest of our lives. It's yeah. not going to go away. And so we do have to decide, you know, whose, whose truth are we going to align our lives with ours or God's? And so when, again, going back to that idea of getting rid of that spiritual poverty mindset, I really believe that's where so many of those negative thoughts that we have towards others, because here's the thing, if God could do that for her, what can he do for you? I mean, that's how big our God mm-hmm. is, Yeah. but we make God so small and so simple and he's not, he's the most complicated thing ever. And, you know, um, I just, I hope, Shari, like, I hope I never lose the perspective of how small I am. Like when I'm flying, um, I always take the time just to look out the window and remember like, Nikki, you are so small. Like you're just a speck on this earth. And when I'm flying, it also reminds me that like God has this perspective of being able to look down and see things that we cannot see in our stories right now. So just because your process doesn't look as simple as hers or it doesn't look like it's all falling into place like hers, trust the process that God has you personally on because that's where you're going to see the fulfillment of His promises. Well, and I think the reality is that we don't really know what that person that we're comparing ourselves to is going through. Right. We <laughs> can only see what they show us. and. Right. And to be honest, like they may have worked through a lot more at the beginning of their life for whatever reason. And so we just, you can't compare two lives. They're just so different. And right. so I, I I love what you're saying. And I think what you're, basically your book is written with that perspective. These are mindsets that you can use. These are not solutions for every single person that's going to give you this complete victory, but it's going to give you something that you can use over and over again to become more victorious in comparison. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Will you just um, end today by telling us a little bit about your ministry, how people can um, find out about you and your book and um, Bible studies or whatever else that you have to offer them? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm everywhere on the internet that you can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not hard to find me, uh, Nikki Koziars. And you can go to my website, NikkiKoziars.com. And um, you can learn all about our farm. And you can actually sign up for some free things that we have going on right now. We're doing something called Why Her Wednesdays. Um, it's not too late to join in for that. And um, yeah, and my books are available anywhere books are sold. Um, and my both of my Bible studies are through Lifeway. So you can head there to get the Bible studies. Awesome. And you have five habits of uh, a woman well, who doesn't quit. That's right. Of a woman who doesn't quit. Yeah. Um, I love that book too. And we did, uh, I think you did a guest blog for that for yes, me yeah, on that book. Yeah. Um, but I love that book. It's very, has a lot of practical ways to keep yourself on track. Um, and to encourage yourself. So, and then Nikki, you guys, if you follow her, it's so funny on Instagram. She's talking about her donkeys and pigs and like all this stuff on her farm all the time. It makes me want to have a farm, but not. My husband grew up on a farm and he's like, Shari will never have a farm. It's so much work. <laughs> 
you just need to come visit me. Yes, and I can I can just hang out with your pigs. Get but, your baby barnyard fixed. <laughs> right, right. I can't be around hay though. I'm allergic oh, to it. So okay. I would. I mean, I can be there. I just can't like roll in it. Okay. You know, you know, when you're kids and people are like, let's go on a hayride. So I did no. that over okay. and over and over again. And then went homesick every time and didn't know why. Um, and then finally figured out I'm allergic to hay. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, well, I'll no, make sure you don't get anywhere near the hay. <laughs> no hay rides for me. <laughs> um, but Nikki, it's been an honor and a privilege for me to have you on this podcast today. And listeners, I know that you have soaked up um, a lot of wisdom from Nikki, but if you haven't gotten enough from her and you want to find out more, you can find her why her book on her website, NikkiCozyArts.com. And um, also, I know that you found some little secrets for your big breakthrough on this overcoming Monday. I truly appreciate you spending time with us today, and I can't wait for you to tune in again.